Hey, how you doing? It's Pastor Jay. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. I pray that this word blesses your spirit, empowers you wherever you are, whether it be your home, your workplace, the gym, or even if you're riding in the car. Look, let's advance the kingdom by spreading this word with whoever you come in contact with. That is my ultimate goal is to spread the kingdom and the message of Jesus Christ. I love you. And once again, here's today's message. Be blessed. I needed you this week. Amen. Well, how many of you all are thankful for life this morning? Thankful for another chance to breathe, move, have your being, move your fingers. See, a lot of, a lot of people can't move their fingers. A lot of people can't even... A lot of people can't even walk, you know, so God has blessed you. God has blessed you tremendously. Amen. Amen. So we are in our series called The Gift. Everybody say The Gift. The Gift. The Gift. And I see, it seems like this is a popular series um, because um, this, this series is, is always, is, it's been showing up on some other, some other people's uh, pages too. But we want to share the gift of love and share the gift of life and share the gift of the gift. So whoever uses the gift, they can use it. Amen. So I am thankful that God placed this on my heart to talk about the gift. Amen. So if you would, turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 7 through 8. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 7 through 8. And once you get there, if you would, stand to your feet. If you would, stand to your feet. And you can also look at the screen, too. I almost forgot we had the screens. I, thought, I almost forgot. Well, you can look at the screen as well. Amen. I am, I am thankful for life today. And, you know, God has kept us all of this year. Yeah. He's done a really great job of keeping us, you know, a really, really phenomenal job. A really phenomenal job. I want to put a plug in for Kids Church. January 5th, 2020 is fastly approaching. We're only two Sundays out. So we need all hands on deck. We, um, we have a great consultant who is working with us and helping us get some layouts for our rooms. Um, so we're going to have to put some work in in the next two weeks um, because... January 5th will be here before you know it, you know, so we're two Sundays away. I'm really excited about this. It's going to be really good, and uh, it's, it's, it's going to grow us some more. It's going to grow us and stretch us some more. So everybody at Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 7 through 8, and let's read this on the count of three. One, two, three. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the, and the Lord, he is that do go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not. Neither be dismayed. Neither be dismayed. I want to use for a topic this morning the gift of encouragement. Everybody say the gift, the gift of, of encouragement. encouragement. Let's look from God in prayer. God, we love you. We thank you. We honor you for who you are. 
I pray that you move Lester Bell Jr. out of the way and that you allow Holy Spirit to speak through me to your people today. We thank you, Lord God, that this word will fall on good ground, Lord God, and that your people's understanding will be illuminated, Lord God, to receive the word. So we love you. We thank you. We honor you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. The gift of encouragement. I'm going to sit down with you all, too. The gift of encouragement. So what is encouragement? What is encouragement? Encouragement is to inspire with courage, spirit, or confidence. To inspire with courage, spirit, or confidence. So there's a, there's a key word in encouragement that stands out. And what is that word? Courage. Courage. So what is courage? Courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc. without fear, bravery. So in this scripture, we see that Moses called to Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous, be strong, courageous and firm, for you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them and you shall cause them to possess it. So so if we if we do a little history on the story, um, the people of Israel were, were trying to go into the promised land. And so Moses had basically came to his last few days. And so the next person to take, take it up was who? Joshua. And we talked about this in February, remember? In our transition series, we talked about this series. And so Joshua was the next person to, to take the people into the promised land. And so Moses called to Joshua, and this is what it says in verse 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will march with you. He will not fail you or let you go or forsake you. Let there be no cowardice or flinching, but fear not, neither, broken, neither become broken in spirit, depressed, dismayed, and unnerved with alarm. So Moses was encouraging Joshua because of what, Josh, what, 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 because of what Moses had heard from God. So we are to give the gift of encouragement to ourselves first. You are to give the gift of encouragement to yourself first. Because when you give the gift of encouragement to yourself first, then you are able to encourage others. See, one of the things that holds us back from encouraging ourselves is fear. Fear. And so fear is an hindrance to encouraging ourselves. So if you, listen to this, if you cannot encourage yourself, it will be hard to encourage others. So if I can't encourage my within, I can't, encourage, I can't encourage people that are outside of me. Because it's really kind of a dichotomy there because I can't encourage myself. So it's hard for me to go and encourage you if I can't encourage myself. You know, it's like we're both drowning, but I'm trying to save you without trying to save myself first. So I need to save myself first so I can save you. So the same goes with encouragement. I must encourage myself first before I can encourage you because when I encourage myself first, then when I encourage you, it comes out of authenticity. See, it's not an encouragement. It's not a falsity encouragement. Oh, God bless you. But meanwhile, I'm tearing myself down within. See, when you're tearing yourself down within, you're going to tear down people without. Those people that are around, you're going to tear down people without. As long as you, as long as you try to master to it, it never works. So the reason Moses was able to encourage Joshua is because Moses encouraged himself first. 
Moses encouraged himself first. Turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 through 16. Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 through 16. Everyone there? Everyone there? And this is what it says. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I will surely be with you, and this shall be the sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am and what I am, and I will be what I will be. And he said, you shall say this to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. So God said also to Moses, this shall you say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and by this name I am remembered to all generations. Go gather the elders of Israel together, the mature teachers and tribal leaders, and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. So God was talking to Moses, letting Moses know who he was. See, God had to reveal to Moses who he was in order for Moses to understand who he was. Did y'all hear me there? God had to reveal to Moses who he was in order for Moses to understand who he was. Because God says, I am that I am. So when God revealed I am that I am to Moses, then it revealed to Moses who he was. Turn to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4, because this conversation didn't stop just there. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. And just bear with me. I know it's lengthy in Scripture, but just bear with me. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Everyone there? We need to wait on you. Wait on you. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. And see, we, we, have, we have to understand who God is. Because when we understand who God is, then God can teach us who we are. And then when God teaches us who we are, then we have power. See, a lot of us, we don't have power because we had not learned who God is. And so we, we, we're, we're, we, and we had this great talk this morning, and you all will see it in a little while. But... Um, Somebody said that sometimes we pray to God as if God is not real. And we, we, we pray to him saying, well, God, do this, God, do this, God, do this, God, do this. But God is saying, well, how are you going to respond to what I do? You know, how are you going to respond to what I do? How are you going to respond to the opportunity that I give you? And so it's important for us to, to understand who God is. So that means that we have to have a relationship with him. That means that we have to seek his face. We have to turn from our ways, our wicked ways. We have to seek his face because when we do, then when God shows us his face, then he shows us who we are. Because your life is hidden in Christ. Your life is hidden in God. 
And so since my life is hidden in Christ, my life is hidden in God, and then I get into God, then God can reveal to me who I am. Did y'all hear that? When I get into God, God can reveal to me who I am. So, when, so it's really when, God, when, when, I, when, I, when I seek God for who he is, then God can teach me who I am. Are y'all hearing me when I say that? See, we don't know who I am is. We don't know who God is. We don't know the nature of God. And we don't know the nature of God, and you can tell by the way we treat people. You can tell by the way we treat ourselves. You can tell how we're mean to people. You can tell how we respond to people, how we react to people. We don't know who God is. So when we respond to people with love, when we respond, when we, see, when we get into God and God gets into us, because God is living within you already, you just have to become aware of that. So when you become aware of who is within you and you seek more of who is within you, then God reveals to you love. God reveals to you grace. God reveals to you truth. And when God reveals to you love, grace, and truth, because Jesus was full of grace and full of truth, then we, we now have power to not only oh, say, say, okay, well, God, I know you love me. I know you love other people as well. I know you love other people. So everybody at Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 12, and this is what it says. It says, and Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to and obey my voice, for they will say the Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him, what is it in your hand? And he said, arrive. So God took what was in his hand and he turned it into something great. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he did so. And it became a serpent, serpent, the symbol of a royal and divine power worn on the crown of the pharaohs. And Moses fled from before it. So Moses was scared because of what was in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, put forth your hand and take it by the tail. And he stretched out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. So God was showing his power right then, right then and there. But Moses needed some more evidence. See, a lot of times God is showing, our, showing us his power right then and there, but sometimes we need more evidence. We need more evidence. God, show me some more signs and wonders, but God is showing you all these signs and wonders, and you hadn't believed it yet, that we need more evidence. So Moses needed more evidence to see if this was real or not. And the Lord said to Moses, and I, I read that. And he, in verse 5 says this, This shall you do, said the Lord, that the elders may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, has indeed appeared to you. The Lord said also to him, Put your hand into your bosom. He put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, as white as snow. God said, Put your hand into your bosom again. So he put his hand back into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, it was restored as the rest of his flesh. See, see, God, God, has, shown his God has shown his power to you already in this day. But a lot of us, we're looking for signs, wonders, miracles. But you're a miracle right here, right now. So you don't have to wait to be a miracle. You don't have to wait to have a miracle happen to you. God, I need a miracle. And God's saying, you are a miracle. Because I woke you up this morning. You in your right mind? <coughs> You, you have breath in your body. You can move about as you want to. You know, so we have to understand what God has already blessed us with. So when we're thankful for what God has blessed us with, then he can show us more of who he is. Then God said, if, that, if they will not believe you or heed the voice or the testimony of the first sign, they may believe the voice or the witness of the second sign. But if they will also not believe these two signs or heed your voice, you shall take some water out of the river. So, so Moses needed some more evidence. 
he needed some more evidence to see if this was real. You shall take some water out of the river and pour it upon the dry land, and the water which you take out of the river shall become blood on the dry land. And Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent or a man of words, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and have a heavy and awkward tongue. So basically, Moses stuttered. Moses stuttered. He was a stutterer. And the Lord said unto him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? See, a lot of times we question God to see God, well, God, have you really blessed me to do this? Have you really, did you really create me to do this? We've all been there, even myself. We've all been there. God, did you really want me to be pastor NBCC? Did you really want me to do this? And so, so Moses was in this, this, this same plight. And verse 12 says this, Now therefore go, and I will be with you. I will be with your mouth and will teach you what you shall say. See, how you respond within to God is sometimes your holdup. How you respond within to God is sometimes your holdup. How are you responding within your spirit to God? Are you responding with, are you responding with your deficiencies? Are you responding with your, um, with your weaknesses? Because when we, when we respond with our weaknesses, we got to understand who God is. Because the scripture says, let the weak say, I am strong. So when I respond with my deficiency, then God responds with something else. Because God can take what you think is bad and use it to transform your world. So whatever you're going through right now, God can take that and use it to transform your world and help transform many other worlds as well. But we have to be willing to respond to God the right way. So God can take your impediment and use it to set people free. God can take your impediment and use it to set people free. So what you think is holding you back, God, God, can, God can take that and cause you to help set people free with See, I used to be, I used to, yes, I used to talk a lot, but I used to be afraid of how I talk because I used to talk real fast. I'd be, talk real fast, real super fast. And, I, and, and, when, and, when, and when God called me to ministry, I was like, God, I talk too fast. But God said, you can't worry about that. You have to worry about what I have called you to do. See, a lot of times we're trying to, we're trying to allow what we can't do cause what God can do. Stop what God can do. See, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you may ask or think. So if you think that, it, that that is an impediment, God can take that and say, no, I can use that for my glory. God wants to use what, what you have for his glory. See, you have to understand that. And when I understand that, then I will encourage myself within. So be encouraged that God can use you and what you think is bad to transform lives. Be encouraged. Just because you don't do it like a certain person, that's irrelevant to God. God wants to use you. He wants to use you. So that's why we have to give the gift of encouragement to ourselves first. Because when we encourage ourselves, then we inspire others through what, we, what God can do through us. See, uh, see the, script, the, the definition for encouragement is, encouragement is to inspire with courage, spirit, or confidence. So... So the scripture says this, and we talked about this Wednesday, cast not away your confidence because it has great recompense of reward. So when I, when, I, when I 
cast away my confidence, I cast away my reward as well. See, God doesn't want us to just cast away our confidence and say, well, God, I can't do this. Nah, God, I stutter and, and I think different and I, I don't know if I can do this. But God says, no, I, I want to use that to help transform lives. See, see, it's time out to just start, stop playing church and stop just being, and not being authentic with what you say and how you feel. It's, it's, it, we got to cut that. We're going to cut that here at NBCC because here we're going to be authentic in what we say. We're going to be authentic in what we do. And we're going to reach those who God has called us to reach. You know, because God has called us to reach some people. So we have to understand who we are. So Moses responded to God with fear, but God responded to Moses with confidence. See, sometimes we respond to God with fear, but God didn't give us the spirit of fear. God didn't give us the spirit of fear. Turn to um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Everyone there? And this is what it says. It says this. It says, For God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if we go back to our story, we will see what Moses responded with. Because when Moses took the rod that was in his hand and cast it down to the ground and it turned into a snake, Moses ran away because he was afraid. See, a lot of times God has blessed us with something and then we see something happen, and we run away from it. See, see, some of you have a prophetic gift within you. Some of you have the gift of uh, hospitality within you. And you've seen some things happen, and you ran away because you were afraid of what God had blessed you with. See, God has blessed you with... See, God, God revealed something to me a few, a few weeks back, a few nights back, and he said, there's so much wealth in this house. And I was like, wealth? And so the first, first, the first time when we think of wealth, when we, when we think of wealth, we think of money, right? Money, 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 right? That's what we think about, right? We think about money. But wealth is deeper than money. So God had to reveal that to me. He said, he said, he said, he said, there, is, he said there is spiritual wealth in the house. There's relational wealth in this house. There's emotional wealth in this house. There is financial wealth in this house. And there is physical wealth in this house. Mental, thank you, thank you. And there's mental wealth in this house. Thank you, thank you. And so, and so you all, we got to bring that out. We got to bring that out. We have to be a community to bring out what God has blessed us with so we can bless other people. That's what community is. Community stands together. Community sows into that community what they've been blessed with. See, I can't wait till January because it's going to be a really phenomenal series. Just doing a series plug right now. Be here in January because that series is going to really open your mind. It's going to really open your heart. Those watching, be here in January. But, but back to the scripture, back to the scripture. I'm chasing rabbits, as my dad would say, right? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So, so when Moses responded to God with fear, God responded to Moses with providence. See, see, he, he resp- see God doesn't respond in fear because God knows what he placed within you. He will never respond to you with fear because he sees what he has already placed within you. And so since he already sees what he placed within you, that means that you need to get into God so you can see what he has placed within you. And so how do you get in God? You, you worship him. You adore him. You, 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 you delight yourself in him. 
and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So, so that's how we get into God. So when we get into God, then he can reveal to us who we are. So Moses, listen to this, Moses was encouraged by God. Moses was encouraged by God. So God has responded to your fear with, your fear with his covering. So when, when, when we respond to God, God says, I got you covered. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the end. When we respond to God with fear, he responds with his power. Look, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, when I understand, when I get into the word of God, I understand who God is, then I can really move in the things of God in my life. But until, see, a lot of times we're trying to move into the things that God has for us, but we don't have the proper tools. What is the proper tool? The proper tools are the word of God. The proper tools are a relationship with God. And so when we get those proper tools and God reveals to us who he is, then we are encouraged within. And when we are encouraged within, we can encourage those who are connected to us because you have people that are connected to you. Y'all are just not connected to me, but you have people that are connected to you. So you have people that you need to reach out to. You, need, you have people that you need to encourage, but you must first encourage yourself first because when you encourage yourself first, then you can effectively encourage other people. See, a lot of us are ineffectively trying to encourage other people because we have ineffectively not encouraged ourselves. And so we have become ineffective in the body of Christ. And so why are we ineffective in the body of Christ? Because you're not operating in your gift. You're not operating in your calling. You're not operating in the things that God has called you to operate in. You're trying to operate in too many things. You're a busybody. Well, I got to do this. 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 No, stay in your lane. And it's okay to stay in your lane. And, and so we have to understand it's okay to stay in our lane for what God has called us to do. Because when we understand that I'm in my lane, then that means that other people can be in their lane. See, a lot of times we try to get in other people's lanes and we block them. Well, well, no, you can't do this because you this. And no, you can't do this because this. Another sermon plug. Be here in February. <laughs> it's going to be phenomenal. We got, a, we, we, got a, we got a series called Church Rules. And so um, one of the church rules is thou shalt um, not be a Pharisee. See, the Pharisees tried to block Jesus from doing what he was doing, but Jesus knew who he was. And so the Pharisees were operating in the wrong lane, but Jesus was operating in his lane. And so since Jesus was operating in his lane, then he was able to have power. The same goes for you. The same goes for you. When you operate in your lane, you got power. You got power to effectively encourage other people. See, we got to stop just coming to church and being ineffective. We have to because we are wasting our time when we are ineffective. If I'm a hammer trying to be a Phillips head screwdriver, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You know, if I'm gas, if I'm water trying to be put in a gas tank, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So we have to operate in what God has called us to operate in. So when we understand God's love for us, we will be encouraged by his love and not afraid of what he will do to us if we miss the mark. I'm going to say that again. When we understand God's love for us, see, God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son. See, a lot of times we try to just make our love, oh, God, I love you so much. But really, we need to focus on how much God loves us. And so when we focus on how much God loves us, then we are encouraged in that. And we, are, we understand that we don't have to be afraid of God punishing us 
because we missed the mark on this day. Oh, no. And that used to be my biggest thing. Oh, man, I missed the mark. God going to punish me. I'm cursed. But Jesus came to break the curse. And Jesus didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to condemn. So since Jesus didn't come to condemn, I shouldn't condemn myself. See, encouragement and condemnation don't go together. It's like oil and water. It's like oil and water. When you try to encourage yourself, but something mess up, then you condemn yourself. Oh, man, woe is me. And then when you condemn yourself, it's easy for you to condemn other people. And a lot of us are doing that in church. We're condemning other people because they don't look like what the Christians should look like. What we think they should look like. See, God is not, God is not concerned about looks. He's concerned about your, he, he's, he, he's more focused on your heart. Because if God has your heart, he can change your ways. If God has your heart, he can change your life. If God has your heart, he can give you strategies. If God has your heart, he can teach you how to love, how to truly love. Not this fake, phony love. Not this love where I just love you on Sundays and Wednesdays. No, it's a love I love you every day of the week. So, so, so when, I, when God has my heart, then he can change my heart to look like his heart. And his heart is a heart of love. So God loves us. God loves us so much. So we don't have to worry about God punishing us. God going to punish me. I'm so afraid. Turn, turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Everyone there? Everyone there? Everyone there? And this is what it says. This is what the Passion Translation says. It says this. It says, love never no, it says this. No, it says this. Love always brings fear. Just making sure y'all are awake. All right? Just making sure y'all making sure y'all paying attention. It says, love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. So, so, so love's perfection, sorry, y'all. Love's perfection, it drives, it drives the fear of punishment far from our heart. So, so love is so perfect. See, God is so perfect. And when we understand God's love for us is so perfect for us and that we'll never be able to outbad his love, outgood his love, outwork his love, um, outmoney his love, outsmart his love. His love is so perfect that he drives away the fear of punishment. So what it does is it says, okay, well, I'm going to get in the black F-150 and I'm going to take this punishment and I'm going to put it on a trailer and I'm going to drive it far away from your heart. That's what it does. That's what, that's what God love does. So, so it says this, but love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from my heart. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. So, whoever walks, I'm going to read that again. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached God, has not reached love's perfection. So, so, so if you are always walking afraid of punishment of God, is your, are you really, like, are you really experiencing love here? Or are you experiencing fear? Because the opposite of Love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. 
And so the scripture says this. It says, whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached God's perfection. So God loves you too much for you to live in the fear of punishment from him. He loves you too much. He love, And that's something to be encouraged by, that God loves me so much that I don't have to worry about punishment. I don't have to worry about being afraid if I, if I mess up today. You know, I don't have to worry about if somebody else mess up, oh, I got to punish them. No, that's not who God is. That's not, that's not love. That's not true love. So when you understand that God will never leave you, your reality will shift. When you understand that God's love will never leave you, your, your reality will shift. See, a lot of times we think that we're far from God, but we really aren't. God is closer than our hands and feet. God is closer than the breath that we breathe. And the scripture says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So when I understand that, then my whole reality will shift. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm far from God because God is right here in my heart. And so, like I said earlier, you can't out-bad God's love. You can't out-good God's love because God loves you that much. So turn to Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Isaiah chapter, Mr. Willie beating y'all today. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Everyone there? And this is what it says. It says this. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yeah, yea. And I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom of God is. So God, God is saying here that he's going to, he's going to um, strengthen us. So when you feel that you are weak in something, he's going to strengthen you. He is going to help you. And he's going to uphold you with his right hand of righteousness. So God wants to do this for you. So you have to change. So you have to exchange your fear for God's love. You have to exchange your fear for God's love because when you exchange your fear for God's love, then you will understand that what God wants to do for me is greater than anything that I can even imagine. And so when I live in God, I know that God is faithful to me when things seem not so good. See, God is going to always be there by your side, even when you think things are not so good, even when you think your finances aren't right, even when you think your relationships are topsy-turvy, even when you think that uh, you may lose your job or you're stressed about something, God is always right there with you because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. See, when you encourage yourself in God, he infuses us with inner strength. When you infuse yourself in God, he infuses us with inner strength. See, the inner strength that God infuses us in us teaches us how we can do all things. The inner strength that God infuses in us teaches us how we can do all things. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Philippians, my two. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It says this. It says this. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when I understand who God is, then God infuses me with his strength, then I understand that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
So when I understand who God is, then God teaches me who he is, and then he teaches me who I am as a consequence. See, consequence isn't just something bad. Consequence is something good. So, so that means that I need to understand who God is so I can have inner strength. See, a lot of us are trying to, folk, a lot of us are trying to have our own inner strength. We're trying to build our own inner strength. God, I got this. God, you don't got to worry about that. I got it. I can handle it. Nah, God, I got it. You can chill today, God. Take a break. Rest. It's the Sabbath. That's what we tell God. That's what we tell God. And God, like, I need to infuse you with this inner strength so you can know you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But a lot of times we see, see when, we, when we try to do things on our own, then we mess it up. <laughs> we mess it up. We mess it up. When we, try, when we try to encourage people without first encouraging ourselves, we mess people up. We tear people down. And see, God doesn't want us to do that. God doesn't want us to mess anybody's life up. God doesn't want us to condemn anybody. God doesn't want us to, to not allow anybody to live by grace. Only you get the grace card. See, see, I can't be here in February, y'all. That's, that series is going to be really phenomenal. February. Be here January, February, March, April, May, June. July, August, September. I'll be 31 in September, October, November, December. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I ain't put that in my notes. It's not in your outline either. But that's basic knowledge, right? Even the kids know that. They're like, what? You, what? you don't know the months of the year? Right? But be here. Be here. I'm telling you that series on church rules is going to really open your eyes in some areas. Um, but from back, back from sermon plugging. Amen. We see we we have to we have to encourage ourselves in God. And when we encourage ourselves in God, then God says, Okay, I will infuse you with inner strength. Anybody ever had infused water before? You know, if I put a lemon in water, can I get an orange taste? If I put an apple in water, can I get a lemon taste, a banana taste? No. That water is infused with what is in the water. So the water is infused with the lemon or the water is infused with the orange, or the water is infused with the cucumber. So I can't get something else while trying to infuse it with something else. So the two, the two won't match. So if, if I try to give myself inner strength and not allow God to give me inner strength, then when things go bad, when things go topsy-turvy and things mess up, then I look at God like, God, why this happened? God like, I didn't infuse you with inner strength. You did it yourself. You told me to take a break on the Sabbath. <laughs> so that means that we have to allow God to infuse us with his strength. And when we allow God to infuse us with his strength, then he teaches us how to lean and trust and depend on that strength and not our own. Because a lot of times we try to lean and depend on our own strength. And like, I got this. But God like, no, nah, you don't have this. And so I need to infuse you with my inner strength so you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Last scripture, last scripture. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Keeping up with me today. I'm testing you today back there. Trying to see if you can keep up. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. You're going to have some more help. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. And it says this. It says... It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Being confident of this very good thing that he have 
that he which have begun a good work in you will perform it. So the good work that God started in you, he going to perform it. You don't have to try to perform it. God is going to perform the good work in you. And so a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this too, I'm trying to perform the good work, but God like, I got it. I got it. You know, so, so God wants us to know that the good work he started within us, it will be completed. You don't have to worry about it being completed. You don't have to stress about it being completed. You don't have to try to outwork it. All you got to do is allow God to work through you so that the good work that he started within you, it will be completed. So encourage yourself first before you encourage somebody else. We're going to have part two next Sunday. So it's going to be really good next Sunday. So keep your outlines. Don't throw them away. Keep your outlines for next Sunday. We're going to do part two on Sunday. And we're going to talk about how, we're going to talk about the how-to part. We're going to make this applicable um, to our life. Amen? Amen. So let's give God some praise in this place this morning. Amen. So be here. Be here on the last Sunday in 2019. Last Sunday in 2019. And... Um, God has really kept us this year, you know? He's really kept us this year. You know, I, you know we, we could have chosen so many different routes to go this year, but God kept us. God kept us. And uh, we could have, I, I, and I was, I was telling the, um, we had like a little talk this morning, and you all, make sure when you see it on, it's, gonna, it's probably going to go on YouTube too, so make sure when you see it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you see it on, make sure you share it. Because uh, there were some really great nuggets that were in there. And uh, if you would like to join the conversation, you know, you can join the conversation as well. But um, I was telling them how, you know, this this past October marked the year since Dad had transitioned. Mm-hmm. And um, I, myself, could have chosen to go, I could have chosen to go down a depressed, um, down a depressed lane. But God kept me. He kept me from doing that. He kept me from doing that because I understand that I have lives attached to me. You have lives attached to you. You know, so I don't take this, I don't take the 